All right, that's Chief Crow Auto Hoax or GTFO bringing us in for tonight. It's April the 10th, 2021. Phones are open 833-311-1984. This is Infinite Plane Radio, open phones for open minds. We'll just go ahead and start off with this quick shout out to Prince Philip. April 9th is the 99th day of the year. Prince Philip, you have served me well, but your servitude is not over. I have one task left of you. You will return to the Earth and spread a virus among the people. This is your final. Uh, this is the individual who promised to come back as some kind of... Uh, virus to deal with the overpopulation problem and so i think this might pretty much be the signal like maybe the big one's coming again 833-311-1984 if someone wants to call in test it out and make sure it's not a technical issue maybe it's just the triple mask mandate what states are you calling from like i don't mean to ignore the issue and minimal minimize it the whole um, pandemic thing, I, in my mind, it doesn't really exist. I hardly pay attention to it. I'm not taking part in the pandemic. I never really did. I was kind of observing from the outside. But in some places, it's unignorable at this time. And I've noticed that they don't put it down on everybody at the same time. Because then it would probably create a problem. But the way they spread it out, it's like it's easy to ignore. They compartmentalize it. This way they can extend it for a hundred years. All right, Bain says, I pointed out that it's the 99th day of the year, ninth day of the month. Exactly. There's your inverted triple six. By the way, we called this a long time ago. If you go look at South Pole, you'll see that we predicted a number of things. Like I didn't, I didn't know Andrew Cuomo was a pervo until Infinite Plane Radio. Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, finally, yes. Okay, I fixed it. It was on my end, I believe. Anyway, uh, what's your take on Prince Philip passing today? Real or fake? Contrived? Believable? Uh, infinitely deeper. Like, who knows? As far as, like, I don't want to get into, like, you know, lizards and deep, you know, crazy talk. And I say that with air quotes. But, I mean... I don't know, man. The more I look at this stuff, the more I think that, you know, they have uh, asked that, you know, they, they have there things available to them that we don't as far as like, you know, I don't want to get into time travel or deep, you know, uh, you know, saucers and Richard Beard. But um, I don't know, man. I think they just portals, things, what, you know, I talk about, you know, maybe he transferred himself into a newborn being baby that was coming. You know, I don't know, dude. Super deep stuff. I don't know, honestly. None of that's outside of reach as far as I'm concerned. It's not the weirdest thing I've heard. But anyway, um, on this topic, I just think it's it's interesting that the, this whole family, that they've been associated with this idea of, you know, the green revolution, going green. And, and he was the one who even suggested it. He volunteered. You know, let me come back as a virus. So it can, kind of came back to haunt him, I think. 
especially now. And it's like, I thought they wanted to depopulate, and now they're trying to get us all to triple mask and vax. Um, but anyway, someone points out a few things about the timing, the dates. I don't know how much you read into that. Um, on this, In this case, I haven't found anything too unusual about the fact that an old man passes. Well, interesting enough, and why not only did I call in to make sure that your phone was working, but I should, I shite you not, <clears throat> I just sent a, uh, a, a text message to a very unwoke friend, and I'll, I'll spare you the details, but it was, are you familiar with Gematria Effect, like the channel? Uh, yeah, Zachary Hubbard, in fact, I've read one of his ebooks. I joined his Patreon, and he gave it out free once. I think it was called, um, was it Number Games? Very, very good stuff. He recognizes many of the same patterns that we discuss here. Indeed. So I just, my friend's really into sports betting. And I was kind of joking, but kind of not. Like, there's no way Zach knows this much about sports and gematria that maybe he's not making a few beans around the corner, which, no, nothing against him, man. I mean, it's a rigged system if you can figure it out and make a couple extra, you know, coins on the side, nothing against that whatsoever. My buddy is way into sports that believes they're real and believes I'm crazy. And so I just sent him that text and I kid you not, like, I don't know, maybe five minutes prior to third. It's been a while now, maybe a half hour ago. <clears throat> I threw up a Facebook smart ass post about um, the, uh, the latest whatever helicopter on Mars and said, if you buy into this, I got, you know, a special offer on some magic beans and, you know, something to that effect, super sarcastic, but both of those things came into play. And then you were talking and then that's why I called. I was like, wow, this is the timing's bizarre. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I don't believe in coincidences um, whatsoever. In fact, um, do you have any comments on the, 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 the supposed passing of DMX? Um, have you? I mean, there's a couple of conflicting things. One, there was the rush to, oh, it was uh, an overdose, which I find kind of, I don't know. It just seems like kind of a um, contrived. But then the other thing that came out was a family member supposedly claims, oh, no, he was just vaxxed. So they threw that in there. But the timing of it with Easter uh, just kind of really struck me. Did you find anything unusual about that, about DMX's passing? I find this super unusual because you just sent goosebumps down my entire body from head to toe. So the the uh, the Zach post that I just mentioned mentioned on Gematria effect, all about that, 100%. And I think it was live. It was live like maybe an hour ago or maybe two at the most. And I copied the link and sent that exact link to my friend that I just told you about. And it's it, like, so watch that. Zach's going to be way more informed on that topic than myself. But it is super creepy that you just brought that up because that's exactly what he was talking about. Okay, interesting. Well, you know, this thing with the, the Holy Week, there's always stuff going on, always fires. Uh, and the uh, idea that we'd have a high-profile death like this, and one of the things about it, though, is the terminology. This is what, what struck me is because I saw the same terminology uh, last year when the president of North Korea was supposedly undergoing some kind of surgery, he was comatose, they described him as being in a vegetative state. And if you look into their rituals around Easter time, 
they basically show you how they have deified their leaders as personifications of the sun, not unlike the Pope in many ways. I mean, they, you know, the Vicar of Christ, you know, it's like this sun god incarnate, a, a divine being. And so I'm like, okay, wait, you have this divinated sun king, and now on Easter, he goes through this period of apparent death before he comes back, and it's very spectacular. But while he's dead, or seemingly dead, they call him, or they describe him as being in a vegetative state. And so for the whole week, they kept on using the phrase grave to describe DMX. Oh, he's in a grave state, a vegetative state. And both of those words there, both of those adjectives would actually describe Osiris, or could easily refer to the god of the grave, Osiris, in his vegetative death state before his resurrection. And the connection here would be one Easter, and there's plenty of things specifically with X that has to do with uh, Osiris and the cross and this death thing. But anyway, I'll, I'll be interested to see what he has to say because it's it, the timing of it just makes me think very ritualistic. So, and more timing to it, man. I mean, I, I'd consider myself like a lukewarm Christian from the time I was, you know, really, really young. And then as time goes on and parents pass and life happens and what we're dealing with, which is obviously more to it than ritualistic face muzzles and everything that's going on. And <laughs> the cure is going to be the cause. And you look at this stuff and I've been wrestling with the whole, you know, what you were just mentioning, like, okay, what's the deal, man? I, I, I came to the point where I don't believe Christ was a white guy, but was he, I still believe he was real, but like how and what, and did the, you know, I'm wrestling with that, man. New Testament, was it, was it concocted and, and messed up? Where's the 22 books that were left out? Like, I'm, I really don't know, honestly, man. Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. So it's interesting that you brought that up because I'm at a point where I'm kind of wrestling with – I'm a huge truth seeker. And, um, yeah, I, 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 that's all I got, man. I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of trying to iron that out, man. Well, you know, later this month, I'll be – probably next week, in fact, I'll be speaking with uh, Micah Dank again. Uh, I've been interviewing him over at the Dark Matter – uh, network and he is someone who has gone really I think further than anyone in decoding the Bible as more or less an astro theological book that every verse every section of it correlates to essentially the stars and their positions and essentially what we're talking about here is um, a story but it's based on the framework of the zodiac and he has a, a book series which goes into detail about it so I find that to be far more interesting than the idea that he was actually a real person who uh, was killed in this way. And there's still a lot there to actually look at objectively and analyze, whereas uh, theology is very subjective. So I'm interested in the, the aspect of it that ties into the astro-theological more than the actual theological. Okay, man. I'm all ears, man. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pay attention to your channel and I'll... I'll check it out. But, you know, you, then you get into the diet at 33, and I don't need to get deeper into that number. You know what I mean? But it's like, 
yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I got some questions. I'll tell you that. Well, I'll tell you this. One of the things that we've been doing on this channel is we've analyzed many events over the media in the last 100 years or so, 113 years back. And I'm noticing that the number 33 is constantly being correlated with not just Christ, but with the concept of the divinated sun king. And you'll see it correlated with the, uh, the laurel wreath of Apollo, the crown of thorns, but specifically like the crown chakra. And it probably correlates to the vertebrae in the spine, the fire snake, the rising sun, and the phoenix. But you see all these things correlated. And to me, it just seems like, and you'll, if you look back, you'll see uh, the, the figure of Christ is pretty much interchangeable with the phoenix, interchangeable with any number of these, these essentially personified sun deities. I don't think Jesus is special. And I don't mean that to be offensive, but um, I don't see any reason to assume it to be real when we find so much to support that it's merely a personification of a cycle. Well, and not to not to be devil's advocate or to, you know, be argumentative or anything, but, you know, coming from what I told you, what I once believed and still deep down sort of do, like if, if evil's as bad as it is and, and people will lie and corrupt the entire world for an end game of a one world communist corrupt one world digital trackable currency 2473 I mean 247365 police state no privacy no joy for the average goyim if you will um you know complete and total one world and let's keep going false religion in the end and Christ does return like that's the part where I really wrestle with like yin yang like if if there's if there's evil that bad, including adrenochrome and horrible stuff that you know, and rituals and awfulness, worshiping a dark side of, you know, we'll call it Darth Vader for easy purposes, versus, you know, the other side, the light, then I just think there has to be, you know, something equally as special on the other side. And maybe, you know, we're all corrupt and sinful and there really was a perfect god man christ that came down to, to offer well hey the... this is great actually i appreciate i'm going to continue to discuss this uh, throughout the night i have a couple of other callers but yeah call back anytime sure, sure, man. infinite plane radio okay I think I cut it off before he said anything that might get us uh, censored or whatever. Um, okay, so now, yeah, about the other thing he was going to bring up, like, it's how would you not believe in that? And I'll tell you what, if somebody shows me evidence of adrenochrome and all of the bad things we've heard about, you know, whatever it happens to be, Satanism in high places, if I can see evidence of it being, um, you know, a real thing and not just speculation and conjecture, I'll be very open to there being the complete opposite. But I don't know if our world is perfectly divided within this uh, Christian framework of Jesus versus Satan. Like, I think, I think that might actually just be a very uh, dualistic, it's, it's because it's night and day, and it's personifying the two. Um, I, I don't know. We'll see. But the idea that we have um, a, an account, a historical account, no, I don't think so. And in fact, I'm really inclined to go along with uh, Joseph Atwell's book, 
his idea with Caesar's Messiah. His interpretation is that it's the War of the Jews and uh, Flavius Josephus, oh, here it is, 66 to 70 CE. What he suggests though is that it was more or less like a contracted piece of propaganda that uh, the Flavians needed to deify themselves so they kind of backdated some myths and they kind of superimposed themselves onto this sun king and it just kind of suggests that they made it up and I hate to say it like that but I mean how much in the news do they make up and again I kind of look at the news media as mostly more or less just the spokesmouths for the power elite it's not really there to report anything and then you go back a little bit further I'm like well is history any different than mainstream media and how much of what we're told about history is even um, all that reliable beyond a few I mean look how much the left and the right fight over recent history over uh, who was uh, pro-civil rights which party is really racist is it the Democrats is it the Republicans did the racist Democrats move to the Republican side? All these different um, arguments over history. It just seems like, well, history is just a, whoever uh, whoever has the money and the power gets to write it. And it's flexible. It's almost like the Mandela effect's a real thing, where you've got people who it's completely subjective. Even now, just watch with this uh, De Derek Chauvin on trial i mean they keep on saying george floyd trial but it's like well no that's just to, that's to make people mad so derek chauvin is on trial and you have this discussion well is his knee on his neck or is it on his back one side sees it one way the other side sees it the other way and then you have like crowder was like well no his weight's on his heel it's on his foot it's not on george and i'm like well they're very selective in their interpretation and then it's well no he died because his heart stopped well, maybe his heart stopped because, you, you see what I mean? They've been playing semantics with reality itself. And nothing new here. This is how it's always been. So it's really a matter of consensus. Reality by consensus. Commenter says, there's a news report from Eastern Europe about a gang taking adrenochrome, mainstream news. Now, when they say taking adrenochrome, uh, this is another one of these things. I I would need to see evidence for it. Let's take a look. Adrenochrome in the news. This is from Bulgarian journalist, TV presenter, died in a major road accident on Easter Sunday. His car had been waiting at a traffic light and it was hit behind from behind. Okay, apparently, according to this story, he was going to report on something. Um, I wouldn't... A satanic narcotic, a satanic drug. It is known as adrenochrome or just chrome. Now, this stuff all definitely has... Um, it's, very, it's very much, to me, it's, it's almost like an extension or a, a new iteration of the old blood libel stories. So the people who are inclined to believe that will believe this. Which to me, I'm like, well, I don't know, evidence first, but it is kind of strange that like I'm on my Adrenochrome right now, my Adreno graphics processor, Chrome browser, and people point out that yes, it does look like it has a triple six in it. 
which it certainly does. But I just don't have any uh, direct information or evidence of uh, blood drinking elites, but more myths. It's like the satanic panic. Do you remember back when the satanic panic thing was a big deal, where it was believed that there were satanic cults and they were taking over the daycare centers? Same stuff. But then somehow, people forget about it. It gets debunked. It dies away from lack of evidence. People get the attention they wanted, the traffic they wanted, whatever. And it kind of goes away, but now it's kind of back again. Commenter says that's 100% intentional, all the 666 logos. Okay, so we've got the Adrenochrome with the 666. Someone pointed out CERN. Okay, so we can connect that one. Very similar logos. WEF. And both of those have Lord Shiva. So there's no doubt you see that. Now let me point this out. This is something I saw earlier tonight on my Twitter account. So Elon Musk actually tweeted out a 666 on, well, less than an hour ago. April 10th, 2021. He says, soon you will feel a strange desire for Zune. Now Zune is uh, some kind of a music player or something. But my point is, the tweet has a cartoon of Bill Gates, and uh, Bill Gates is pointing at a vaccine. And he says, we are here, mandatory vaccine rollout. And this follows shutdown and social distancing, information control and censorship, and then fear. So he's showing the rollout of the agenda, like on a scroll, and Bill Gates is, you know, this evil genius pointing to number four. The next one is 666. Zune relaunch. Now this is coming from Elon Musk, so make of it what you will, but you have to remember that he is one of the figureheads of one of the major uh, organs of this mass deception, and that would be SpaceX. And even the Boring Company and everything that they're involved with. It's a major part of this program. So it's interesting that he would be tweeting out a joke that plays into the vaxophobia and the Bill Gatesophobia. So now, I followed that up. The next tweet, he says, this is actually happening. So now, you know, ostensibly, he's talking about Zune, some kind of uh, digital media player or something. But if you just look at it at face value, uh, this meme does actually accurately describe the scenario as understood by people who are looking at the bigger picture. And then this does follow a couple of strange comments he's made about vaccines. This is from NDTV News Desk. Elon Musk weighs in on vaccines again and gets mixed reactions. Not going to get into it much, but he said something like, if you have a bad side effect, you can just shoot up some EpiPen or something. Okay, here's something that was caught by History Buried. So there's a news story about a 150-foot iceberg passing through Iceberg Alley near Newfoundland. And someone had found out that this is the same exact iceberg from 2017. It's kind of like those NASA clouds that never change. You know, 60 years later or whatever, it's like, okay, wait, do the clouds ever move? Uh, they have time lapses for 24 hours where the clouds don't move. But apparently, and if you compare the two, uh, this is accurate, the icebergs never change. I mean, what are these big chunks of styrofoam? It's the same exact icebergs, 2021 and 2017, even has the same little nub on the top. 
Icebergs arrive, first icebergs of the season. You see, there's this theory that icebergs are a hoax or some kind of manufactured phenomenon. Um, interesting theory, and I think it actually might, there might be something to it. And it may have something to do with scaring people off of the uncharted waters of the world. And that's kind of the same kind of fear they're playing into with asteroids. I think it's the same basic um, story. And by the way, there's an incoming asteroid going to pass between the Earth and the Moon, and it's the size of a football field. So let me see if it's going to kill us. You know how many times they death threat us, these chicken littles over there at NASA? How many times have they told you in your lifetime that you might die today because of an asteroid? And it's always in the background, just a suggestion. And I like how they can never show us photos from space and nobody complains except for the flat earthers. It's like, why don't you just show us a picture for once? It's cool art, but technically I would describe this as religious art. Now, as NASA's OSIRIS-REx bids for farewell to Bennu, now this is all really interesting because OSIRIS-REx, King OSIRIS, and then the asteroid Bennu, uh, this is the thing that it goes out there and it knocks, it, it actually went out and it took a chunk of it you want to believe any of this stuff you got these little probes that go millions of miles away and send back little clips for instagram like what is it with this mars helicopter taking selfies the mars rover taking selfies like it the mars rover was there before selfies were invented anyway it says here on april 10th the asteroid 2021 gt3 the size of the length of a bowling lane is due to pass between the earth and the moon for reference, uh, the average distance. Okay, so it's not going to kill us supposedly, but they did say it's potentially hazardous. And then I saw something else that seems equally more like preparing people for something. And that is this. There's a, a, a near collision between a couple of private satellites. Like that's new. Space junk is pretty much a new thing. And you should keep that in mind. That's um, It wasn't something that people saw regularly until pretty much this year. Also, this is something we'll have to add to our overall meta script, but we're always talking about these patterns, these numbers. And someone was talking, we were talking about Stanley Kubrick, and they brought up his movie AI. And how AI, of course, if you look at the numerical value associated with those letters, A is 1, I is 9. Okay, so turns out that the Japanese carrier born attack on the U.S. Pacific Fleet at Pearl Harbor was actually called Operation AI. So that's kind of consistent and it's actually rather um, interesting when we look at it in context because 9-11 uh, was preceded by many examples of predictive programming and foreshadowing throughout mass entertainment and so these 9-11 style events are all very well integrated. So it's kind of interesting that the that this 9-11 style event that was referenced during the PNAC talks with regards to maybe America needs a new catalyzing event like Pearl Harbor right before 9-11. So it's kind of interesting that it would be Operation 19 considering 9-11 had the 19 hijackers. And then 19 years later, you've got C-19, the comet passes, and then COVID-19. Very, very interesting. Uh, if you ask me, that's the code name from World War II. 
Now here's another one. This is something we've talked about before. This is world order. Let's start World War III. So since we started talking about Pearl Harbor, I thought, well, let's revisit this for just a moment. Uh, world order, let's start World War III, March 11th, 2018. So this video came out on 311. It was one of these videos we analyzed with regards to all of the symbolism. And so we were looking towards the date, at the date 311 in advance as the date that would trigger whatever would bring about a one world uh, system. And that's pretty much what this music video is about. It's called Let's Start World War III. It's, it really starts off with these Trump Trumpers who are all for America and they have the American flag in the back. But throughout the video, which all takes place in Seattle, which is significant because this is where the pandemic started. This is actually ground zero. So they're at ground zero for the pandemic talking about starting World War III and towards the end of the video there are fires beneath Trump perhaps even signaling summers of 2020 but then by the end the American flag is replaced by a quilt of all of the flags of the world and it says we are all one and of course the group is called World Order and so World War III uh, my interpretation is what started on you know 311 so you can kind of see here uh, just some of the predictive programming pointing at this, again, this, uh, this date and the same repeating symbols at use here. So again, referencing this because uh, World War III, I think, may be something that has to do with outer space or something along those lines. And I'm finding more and more to support this. In fact, uh, in our analysis of the work of Stanley Kubrick. Uh, it does seem to be the case, and we'll probably get more into that in, in a few. Uh, leaked video shows unidentified objects swarming Navy warship. A lot of UFO sightings, asteroid sightings, all just acclimating the public for something. And personally, I think that they are staging World War III to be some type of a space war stuff falling from the sky. Uh, this is the reason why I think they, there was a near collision in space recently between a Starlink and another satellite. Now, I don't believe anything out there is actually orbiting, but this is part of the story that the masses are being told and whatever they could be made to believe will become true. OneWeb and SpaceX satellites dodge a collision in orbit red alerts of a potential disaster were sent to the companies. Now this is a ridiculous picture. This is from Getty Images. Starlink satellites visible in the night sky April 2020. So looking at these pictures, you know, some people might be inclined to think that these are real time lapse or something, but I want to just point out if you can see uh, the stars behind them, then it means that you're staring up into a column of darkness known as the Earth's shadow, which extends 870,000 miles into space, if you believe all this. So these Starlink satellites that are a mere 185 miles above your head are well within the umbra of the Earth's shadow. And if you can see the stars and you're in the shadow, then my question is, how can you see the CubeSats? 
They have no lights. The only way you would see it is if it were reflecting the sun, but uh, the nature of the Earth's shadow at that height is such that you wouldn't be able to see uh, the sun from even that height. So I'm saying that these, these shadows are all, I mean, these sightings are all fake. And as soon as we started calling it out, and this is, you can actually look back at the timeline on this, we called this out for a while. We said, hey, look, uh, Elon Musk didn't account for the shadow of the Earth the way the ISS does. And the ISS is higher, and they actually show it going into the Earth's shadow once it passes the Terminator. But take a look at this. As soon as we drew attention to it, suddenly they introduced sun visors to reduce brightness, where they claimed that visor sats are now attached. And it says, our objective is to make our satellites invisible within a week to minimize their impact on astronomy, Musk said. So they call these the dark sats. So they turned off the lights back in April of last year after we drew attention to the inconsistency. I mean, really, they ought to pay us. All right, going through comments. Bain says, Elon is like Mark Zuckerberg, completely fake genius, just a fake government enterprise pretending to be private. That's true. I mean, he's a character uh, created, written mostly by... Von Braun, but I do believe he's also kind of a mix of Tony Stark and Willy Wonka. Right now they're emphasizing the Tony Stark, uh, but um, it, it, it's, you know, like even a couple of years ago, I noticed this when, when he was doing the Boring Company and he started getting to Boring Candy, he bought Gene Wilder's house. I was like, what's going on here? And the correlation is, well, they're getting into hyperloops. So between hyperloops this boring company and all this CGI, I think you can see where this is headed. And I can give you a hint, I, my opinion. I actually think that deep space is deep underground. And Mars is probably a, a place on Earth beneath the surface. Some Truman show, but it'll be probably designed to house more than just one brainwashing victim. All right, I'm going through comments here. Tominoid says, Jody Foster's got a good one in Elysium AI. Searching through grids 311. Authorizing full containment order. The movie has a 113 earlier in the background. Right, Wall E has A113. Same exact meaning. The number 113 has a lot of significance on the world stage as we've mapped out uh, November the 3rd has a lot of references. Um, you know, funnily enough, that whole series of books that seem to reference Donald Trump and his kid Baron and time travel starts off on November the 3rd. All right, let's see. I'm going through comments again. Um, phones are open, 833-311-1984. I fixed the sound. Okay, so the asteroid that's going to kill us, or, or it's going to come by, or whatever, um, it's the size of a football field. Kind of an interesting comparison. I noticed, like, during the election, it was, oh, there's an asteroid the size of Trump Tower that's going to hit the White House on Election Day. Remember that? Like, they're so flippant in their, what do you want to call these? Predictions. They're predictions. Infinite Plane Radio.
Tim, I was wondering if we could uh, talk about the Bible a little bit. Uh, sure. Which which version? And and by the way, um, yeah, let's start with that. Which version? Just to get everybody in the same sheet. I, I like that you asked the version uh, because that's one of the biggest problems with people is they think all the versions are the same. And I'm particularly interested in the, uh, you know, the Greek, Hebrew, and Strong's Concordance uh, translations, the direct translations from Hebrew, Greek, Hebrew to uh, modern day English. What's your take on this Josephus character, by the way? He's like the only one that gives us a historical account of Jesus directly or more or less. Um, do you think he's a reliable witness and do you trust what he wrote about the uh, historicity of Christ? You know, I don't know much about Christ. I am a, I am a believer in Yeshua, but it's, that's purely based off of personal experience. Actually, I wanted to talk about Genesis because I heard you mention the difference between Yahweh and uh, Elohim before. So I'm, I'm really interested in that subject of there being two separate gods or possibly even multi like a whole pantheon of gods in, in Genesis. I get the feeling that it's a group and I think it makes more sense. And many of the movie allegories that we see or movies that seem to be based on Genesis itself. Like, for example, the movie The Village. It has a group of controllers over the ignorant uh, children who are born to this cult, this commune. And the controllers are called the elders. And they're the ones who run the psyops and mind control everybody. And I think they represent the Elohim. And it's a group. It's, a, it's basically, it's an elite. Really? Wow. So, so you believe that the Elohim are on the evil side and you think Yahweh is more of the uh, moral character? Uh, well, I don't know about it as being a moral thing. I mean, my interpretation of it, just looking at the story, um, if I had to be completely objective, mm -hmm. from a human's perspective, I wouldn't want to meet any of those characters. I would say that even the God is a very irrational, even narcissistic being. I don't know if it's worship, um, you know, to murder or not murder, but, you know, like for example, Isaac, you know, the sacrifice that he was told to make. And it's like, hey, you kill your kid on the hill to show you love me. Like that kind of thinking doesn't seem like a benevolent deity to me at all. And I'm just trying to find out, well, where's the benevolence of a guy that can exactly. flood the world? Exactly. And you know what is though all that all that wrathfulness, the flooding of the world, uh, Isaac sacrificing his son, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, Gomorrah being destroyed. What else? Uh, Jacob being favored when he stole, he like went behind his brother's back or some shit. That was all done by Yahweh. And Yahweh was also the one who put us in the Garden of Eden, which translates to some type of enclosure. All these words translate different. If, if you're listening to this, if you haven't read the Greek Hebrew or Strong's Concordance, you haven't read the Bible because it doesn't mean anything close to what these words translate to, actually translate to. But um, for, from me reading it, it doesn't appear that the Elohim have really done anything evil. They, they created us first. In Genesis, it says that they created us and uh, that they created the world and that they gave us dominion over the beings of the earth. And then Yahweh stepped in 
and somehow put us into our bodies and, you know, put us in the enclosure and gave us the snake and basically just uh, sets traps for us and, and then punishes us. Interesting. Well, uh, one thing about the, the Eden scenario as it relates to the village is that it's a benevolent dictatorship. And as long as they remain ignorant of their servitude and the nature of the real world and, and knowing how to make decisions, um, how to think for themselves, whatever it happens to be, because it was basically a benevolent dictatorship and it's a codependent relationship and it was dependent upon this wall of ignorance. So you could say that they were uh, maybe not overtly evil, but that's because they had subdued them mentally. Uh, and if, I mean, just that's how the story looks to me. It's like, I don't know if you'd call them good. That you're saying that the Elohim uh, could possibly be evil because of why? I, I didn't quite understand that. Well, evil, not necessarily evil, but um, well, what would you call um, slavery or ignorance? You know, um, they're kept in a state of ignorance. So they don't know anything. I mean, that that's a sort of a bondage. And I like okay. getting to that movie, The Village, where the elders kept them in a state of ignorance so they thought it was you know like 18th century or something and they're out in the woods when it's really the 20th century but they did it for their own good to keep them safe from the world and so it was a benevolent thing if you want to look at it that way interesting when you say that though i don't really picture the elohim taking on that role i see that more as yahweh's role because yahweh like he put us in the physical uh bodies and he also recreated the world he created the world again after the elohim so when i read that i i imagine him basically creating a matrix basically uh protecting our you know what we can perceive and uh yeah there's a lot of fishy things with that guy and it seems like the elohim step in ever so often to kind of just keep things going along like like they tap in with noah uh with the flood like noah supposedly had favorings with the elohim so um i i i don't know man I, and supposedly so i've been i've been getting really into this channel called number nine nanya and uh i've been getting into her channel because she reads through strong's concordance she reads it uh pretty unbiasedly and she has this take too also that the elohim aren't so evil and uh Man, I forgot how I was going with this. Well, okay, so... But anyway, the, the reason why I want to call... Go ahead. No, no, this is all really Go interesting, ahead. but I was going to ask you really quick your take on, um, you know, who is the, the Satan character in this? Is he the enemy of man, or is he a demonized benefactor who uh, was a liberator, as some Gnostic uh, interpretations might look at this? You know, there are different ways that people interpret this thing, but um, it's, it's just kind of interesting that, you know, Satan takes the... Um, the bad rap when was he in fact an, a necessary component to the story? Yeah. Um, oh man, the whole word Satan, you, you know, I think, so I think there's multiple evil entities and Christianity has kind of uh, labeled them all as Satan. Cause like, I'm sure you've seen the Kabbalah tree of death and they, they have like Lucifer on there and Satan, all these different names that we attribute to one entity, but really they're multiple. But um, uh, in my opinion, this character Yahweh could possibly be the devil. I mean, I mean, the devil is the deceiver. So the ultimate deception is to make you believe that God, 
I mean, that he is God, that he is creator. And like I said, like you, so we have all these Christians that they, they, they read the Greek Hebrew these days. Like we have kingdom of context. I'm not sure if you heard of him and all these other Christians, uh, Rob Skiba. And, uh, they read exactly what Yahweh is doing. And they, even though, uh, what's the word? They they basically just make excuses for his wrathfulness. They say, "Oh, it's because of this. It's because of this. Because of that." But when I think of a a divine creator, I don't see them ever being wrathful. I see them more as kind of just uh doing what the Elohim do basically in the Old Testament, which is just touching, come in every note uh, now and then, and just make sure things keep rolling. Interesting. I I can kind of see that. Um... You know, especially when I, you know, people, they, they take the Bible, however you take it, um, you know, you think of God as this transcendent being, but uh, none of the characters in the Bible, none of these, like, uh, at, at no point does it ever seem transcendent to me. Everything's very human, and the gods are very earthly. Yes. And they're not any different to me than the Greek gods, the Roman gods. Uh, they, they seem very much, like, involved in human life. It just seems like, it almost looks, this is why I like looking at these various, representations of uh, the the elite movies like Westworld or the Hunger Games where they are set apart from the rest of us and they would like to be thought of as gods like you know and I think that still happens today where uh, the the media exaggerates the power of everything really there's so many things that just simply don't exist but it's given them godlike powers where people believe you know Bill Gates can wipe out billions and blot out the sun that's how much power that they have imbued into these uh, puppets so i kind of look at the uh mm-hmm. you know the bible just looks like a storybook that tells a lot of very powerful stories but at no point do i get the sense that this was written by some uh, divine being yeah i, I kind of look at it as uh i mean i guess basically as how us truthers look at history books well, like we can look at a history book and be like uh you know there's there's some truth here and there's some lies here like there's half of it's true and half of it's lies and like jesus said we have to uh divide the word you know because like like certain things don't make sense like i'm not big on the new testament but supposedly yeshua said that uh follow your government would you clarify for me who is who is because there's different names for people don't know like when you say Yeshua, you mean the person everybody thinks of as Jesus who died on the cross? Yes, I should have clarified that. Yeshua is apparently the Hebrew, the actual name of Jesus Christ. Um, what was that going? Oh, yeah. So supposedly Jesus said that, uh, you know, don't question your government, obey your government or something. But he also was flipping banker tables. You know, he was cracking whips on bankers. So th- something doesn't make sense. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 just like I, just like with the translation thing, like, like, uh, we, most people read the Bible, they read old, the old Testament, they read Genesis, whatever. They think there's one God there. There isn't, there's, there could be, uh, there's Yahweh, there's Elohim, there's El Shaddai, there's El Yon, there's Eloa, there's, there's like, it's, I think it's a polytheistic book. I think it's describing the same gods as in all these other, um, you know, religions and old books, but it's oversimplifying it. Okay, so I'm looking at something here. 
recently I was, I was, that's why I asked you what version you were looking into, because I was looking into uh, King James and what he wrote about huh. demonology. And I'm like, do the people who take the Bible literally also take this other stuff literally? Because you can find some stuff that he writes about werewolves, vampires, uh, magical charms, and astrology. You know, I find all this stuff to be very interesting, but it would be contradictory to not include all this stuff. And I find it really bothersome that these books are so heavily edited. And how can you take it to be an authentic uh, account of any uh, divine being or any sort of an authority when it's been so incredibly edited? And they leave out all this good stuff like possession, fairies, obsession, spectra, werewolves, like I said. Uh, any thoughts on King James? It seems like something of a magician. You know, I don't know. Um, I mean, it would make sense. He's he's doing all that stuff because, like like I said already, you know, the King James version is uh it's a lot different from what it translates through to through Strong's Concordance or the Greek Hebrew. You know, it, um. But uh, but well, the reason why I called in, I, I keep missing the point. I w I want to talk about this nine Nanya chick because, okay, so she looks at us as humans, as a product of, uh, you know, genetic manipulation, basically between the Yahovah, because she believes that Yahweh is like a faction and the Elohim are a faction, and we're like this genetic byproduct. And the serpent is actually some type of technology. It's, it's this, it translates to some type of uh, beautiful light shaft. And um, Adam... Uh, and, you know, this is all through, I, I haven't read through all, it's very it, difficult to translate every single thing, and so, unless you're going to dedicate your life to this, you, you know, you kind of have to take other people's words who are reading Strong's Concordance or the Greek Hebrew, but um, she uh, believe, uh, translates Adam as uh, a race, the, the original human race, and Eve as this, uh, uh, almost like an artificial race, and this serpent technology it's almost like she describes it like an AI, like an AI that always existed, but somehow like the Eve race is using it and some people from the Adam race are using it and they're using this technology to appear beautiful and it creates almost like an aura around you. And, uh, um, no, wait, in, I, in the end days, supposedly, this technology breaks down. And this, this is the point I'm trying to get at. Is, um, th their mouths will look weird. Um, being close to them, you'll see them. And when I think about this six feet social distancing, wearing masks shit, uh, it all reminds me of what she's talking about. So this would cover up the revelation when the masks come down. Like, They Live. The movie They Live was referenced by somebody in the chat here as you were speaking, where in that movie, there's some type of signal that's suppressing the appearance of the aliens, and it's about to be lifted, or something. And it's kind of similar. Very interesting. And I have read some accounts. I think it was something about Eve having known the serpent. Uh, interesting uh, line of thinking there. Um, is, do you think that this is um, likely uh, as an explanation for the powers that be, that there's some kind of a, a glamour, some type of a 
I mean, what do you mean by, I mean, do you think that like David Icke, for example, talks about this? Do you think that it's a different bloodline or you think it's actually shape-shifting? Because that's what he used to say. It's it's tricky. There's uh, there's two, there's like a human race and a, and a look-alike human race, like an AI, I don't know, like a, it's just a different race, right? And um, this technology got loose and it's like there's all these different factions using it. And I actually think this technology is what the Templars or whatever back in the day were searching for as the Holy Grail. Um, and and, and the, uh, the Templars are so supposedly tied to the snake or something like that. And the serpent is this technology. Uh, it also reminds me of the Kundalini because, uh, you know, like you have your serpent inside of you and your pineal gland can supposedly light up. So it's tricky, but it, it, it's almost like this serpent is like also a, an AI, a technology, a deep fake, because she mentions all this stuff about the mouth. And like, I know that these days, the one thing they're trying to get right with the deep fake technology is the mouth. And it's, she was describing something about having difficulties with the, the making the mouth appear right. <laughs> I'm just trying to get okay, this through okay. you because I'm, I, I'm I, hoping you I've seen. Dodge. For years, I've seen images or videos of various individuals. In fact, recently, even Elon Musk. But you zoom in on their eyes and you see this like reptilian thing. I've seen that for some time. But more recently, I have seen mm -hmm. videos drawing attention to mouths. In fact, I sent one to uh, Metabunk. It was where uh, Joe Biden was speaking, but it looked like he had two rows of teeth. Uh, I've seen a, another one with Alex Jones. And it's like, why does his mouth look like kind of reminded me of like a shark or something like there's something off with it and i figured it was just the lighting but um i mean is, is this sort of what you're describing because i've seen it the lighting in the mouth the lighting in the mouth that's supposedly what the problem is is they can't get the shadows right inside the mouth or something like that with deep fake technology um damn that could be the reason for the fucking masks like maybe this this serpent is just some ancient AI that they're trying to bring out. And it's like, it, it speaks through deep fakes and like, they can't, they need, they need the mask because they can't get the fucking mouth. Right. <laughs> well, um, that, that's as plausible as anything else. I mean, we certainly know it's not for the stated purpose. So what is the reason for, I mean, I know it's pretty much a good symbol for, uh, the censorship and the silencing of thought. But as far as covering um, up faces in preparation for some kind of oncoming shift, um, I've actually heard that a couple of times. It's crossed my mind, but now that you bring it up, I'm going to continue to look into uh, that direction. Um, and, and 2020, too. I do get the feeling 2020 was the year uh, that the, the scheduled revelation would start. What, you know, they write these things in advance. Like, I'm convinced that 9-11 was planned at least before the towers were constructed, maybe 10 years prior, if not further back. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, and there's some more stuff on the bounce off you. Well, the third, wait, one more thing here. You brought up the snake. Oh. Okay, everything about the Templars, everything about the Masons has to do with the number 33. And that does correlate with Corona Crown, the Crown Chakra, and the Kundalini Serpent, the 33 vertebrae. And this is why you know, we constantly see this number. And so you're right about that. 
and the Templars are constantly being referenced in the media in various ways, uh, as well as other factions of this uh, clandestine cult that apparently runs the place. Yeah, I, I wanted to run this other part by you. Um, so people, well, from the whole astrological perspective, because I don't dismiss that from the Bible. Um, so people say that the Old Testament is Saturn worship, the New Testament is sun worship, and uh, Islam is moon worship. So if you look at the days of the week, that's Saturday being the Old Testament, Sunday being uh, the New Testament, and Monday being Islam. So now we're in Tuesday. Tuesday is Mars. And now we're going to Mars. And we have like this Mars worship, basically, with Elon Musk and all that. Yeah, let me comment on that really quick. Uh, if you read the writings of Aleister Crowley, it was all about how the new age was going to be the age of Mars, the age of Aries, the age of Horus in particular. He called it the age of Horus, which is Mars. And they, they worship this sun god in the form of the falcon. So it is interesting that Elon Musk is all about Mars as we enter the Martian age and his rocket that's going to get us there, the Falcon 9, was a big part of it. But the occultists, the New Agers, the Theosophists, they all believed in this succession and that there would be a replacement for the like there's a succession of the dominant god of the time and we're moving into mars now in their description it wouldn't be mars the war god right away but it would be more or less a child which is how they described it and i'm like well it makes perfect sense because they have been fomenting something of a youth rebellion with the environmentalism the gun grab between your greta and your david hogg you can kind of see that martian energy they're drumming up and i think you're right about that oh yeah they're definitely trying to conjure it the thing i'm trying wondering is you know i, I strongly believe you know i learned about my total detailed astrology recently like you know about how where all your planets were and you've probably heard about it right like you, you chart with all your houses and everything yes it tells you where the moon was when you were born etc yes yeah, so it gives you like a super detailed, uh, you know, uh, summary of yourself. And I read through it and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. This describes my relationship with my mother and my father exactly, like what motivates me to travel. So I, I think that we are strongly uh, influenced by the stars. I'm, I'm questioning, I question sometimes how much free will we actually have ever since looking into that stuff deeply. And uh, I, what I really want to know is what? age are we actually in where are we actually going because i don't see the uh the mind control is breaking down you know like i'm a young guy i follow i keep up with all these uh predominantly black uh youth uh media outlets just because that seems to be where most of the propaganda comes out and i try to you know get in there and look in the comment sections and this vaccine shit is not getting through uh i, I saw a post today from space of like new york with the curved fucking horizon and people were saying flat earth all over the place like people of uh, facebook vaccine asian live shit on the comment section people are not having it so it's it's falling apart so where are are we in the age of aquarius are we waking up i i think that now i don't write this stuff but they do um and i can point to many things that show that we're correct here in our analysis not a coincidence the sun set at 8.46 on the day George Floyd was killed after being kneeled on for 8.46, correlating with 9.11 starting at 8.46 a.m. 
all of this stuff is definitely timed. And on 12, 21, 2020, you know, in December, we had the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. And it creates the Bethlehem star, which they said we haven't seen since Christ was born or whatever. So you go by that storyline, which they evidently do, it would suggest that this would be the reset year. And they were constantly talking about the reset and introducing this concept of starting over. And that's what it means with the new age. And so the last time we had the Bethlehem star, the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn on the winter solstice was when the year starts over at zero. So I would say, yes, this would be the beginning. In fact, I've also, just by looking at the predictive programming and the way they use the numbers, I kind of think that we can pretty much extrapolate from that, that we're pretty much there. They've already, they're almost, they've already created this one world religion. And that would be COVID. Uh, the introduction of the virus as universally accepted, uh, as a, it's the new sin. It replaced sin just like your carbon footprint and all that. So I think we have the one world religion. We have a one world view and I think it's done, like it's mission accomplished. And now it's time for the next age. Okay, so you're saying, so it starts this year basically because it was 12, 20, 20, right? So basically 21, 2021 is the new shit. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, right? how, that's exactly how I would look at it. And I kind of think it's going to begin based on, again, we have been, on this channel, we've been looking very closely at the works of Stanley Kubrick and and his relationship with Tom Cruise, who's about to go to the space station this year. And I happen to think that whatever comes next, whatever's going to signal or really inaugurate the, the next age, this Martian age, is going to be something involving outer space. And I think it's very interesting, too, that the whole New Age movement for a century, since 1904, in fact, has been talking about this coming age of Mars. And it does seem like, it does seem like mission accomplished to me. So, okay, so I'm a little confused. Are we in the age of Mars or the age of Aquarius or is it both? Good question. You know, if you look at the, the different ways that people describe it, you usually hear Aquarius, you know, that's the, the norm. But I'm just going off of what the actual, yeah. um, the, I'm just going straight to the source. And the reason I'm going to the source is that I happen to think that the space age is the new age. That the way the new age is manifesting is actually going to be dressed up as science. And I think that they've replaced all of the old uh, aspects, the, the template of the older religion with a science fiction version that's the exact same thing. Uh, and a couple of other things. One thing, if you look back at the... Uh, Babylon working. We talk about this a bit with Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard. The woman they were with, who they said was to incarnate the Antichrist, she's actually the first person to ever report having sighted a UFO. And it was actually two years before Roswell. So I think that the UFO narrative has everything to do with the coming new age. Oh yeah, no, that definitely makes sense with the a Messiah and all that. Um... Damn, I always forget the fucking next question. I always have some big question I want to ask. There's so much stuff I want to run by you that I forget. Uh, well, we were oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah uh, so the whole 1221 thing, dude, I'm telling you, we don't have free will. We are governed by the stars. Because even when you said, I, I saw that 1221 thing in my astrology shit, and 
since that date, I've been so introverted. Like I, I used to post on my social media all the time. I don't post at all. I've been super like just uh, doing like foundational work, like trying to, I've been trying to start a business. So I've just been doing like uh, back end work, like not being me at all. So I totally buy that, but I, I, I see they're, they're, con- they're destroying themselves right now. And I think it's on purpose, bro. They're overplaying their hand. And I, I'm not sure if it's to destroy like a controlled demolition or if they're doing it because like, like most of these people getting the vaccine right now, I think a lot of them are getting it in spite of someone that they were arguing with to be like, Oh, I got it. And I'm alive. And I think some of them even question if it's uh, safe for them. And when you think about that, that's kind of like consenting to your sacrifice. These people that are getting vaccinated, uh, you know, these, these stories are getting out of people getting hurt of all the weirdness uh, around the development. So we, we've put the information out there. If you get the vaccine at this point, you're consenting to your sacrifice and, yeah, like I said, I think these people are questioning it. And um, great point. I think uh, everyone else who doesn't go along with it is, is they're the smart ones, right? They're the, we, we saw through it and we get to go on. It's almost like a, a sorting of the wheat in the shaft. Fascinating take on it. I mean, look, I mean, I, earlier we talked about, uh, you know, religion, the Bible, whatever, Jesus. And I said, uh, it's all just allegory or, or whatever, but it is true that if you're completely objective about how things are being presented, it does have all the appearances of being some kind of a, a, a metaphysical choice almost, where you have this Bill Gates character and he wants to inject you with the mark of the beast and all the terminology and the nomenclature is there to support that if you want to look at it from that perspective. And I'm like, why would they have it dressed up this way? And then this guy makes jokes about the final solution. And he's like, by the way, I'm going to blot out the sun. Yep. So... Yeah, I find that to be really curious to me. And, and about the self-sacrifice thing, that's absolutely true. Uh, putting on the mask was to help others. I, you know, it's like I'm wearing the mask to help other people because I'm sacrificing myself. I'm inconveniencing myself for everybody else. And I even think that the ritual jab, I don't think it's about what's inside of it. I think the ritual jab is initiation into the cult, like a little bit of blood, to show your solidarity with everybody. And it's, I think it's all psychological mostly. I think it's just a prop. But um, as far as, uh, is it separating people? Certainly, I mean, the mask and the compliance and the social distancing, it certainly has been a revelation in its own way. Yeah, it sucks the separation, man. I used to be so connected with, I used to be the most social guy until this happened. <laughs> and then I just fucking went nuts. But yeah, it's it's a it's a revelation of the method. I think that's why they have to show you the method because you really have to be consenting something to this consent. You know, we're all consenting, just like with voting and shit. They you never sign a petition. I mean, I don't have to tell you this. I'm telling the listeners. Uh, don't ever sign a petition or vote. I live in Southern California. They told us we couldn't go to the beach. We went to the beach. Then they opened it, and they tried to pretend like it was their decision. They closed the restaurants down. The restaurant owners eventually opened up. Then the governor said, okay, we're opening the restaurants. 
they try to pretend like they have the power. No, we're all, we're making the decisions. They're pretending like they're making the decisions. You don't have to vote. All you have to do is educate other people and be effective at it. You, that's the difficult is you have to be persuasive and effective at uh, convincing people. You need to have sales skills and, uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's really it. Oh, oh, and civilly disobey. You, there's no war. We're not going to fight anybody. There's not going to be any guns. We just civilly disobey. Uh, these tyrants in power, they, they might be cold-hearted, but uh, it, after a certain amount of people that don't ever fight you back or are giving, you know, you, you can't, you can't ticket 10 grannies for walking on the beach, you know what I'm saying, or eating brunch. Well, uh, I actually have an example I want to bring up on the screen here of, you know, there are people who are uh, fighting against this or whatever, burning their masks, etc. Um, and then you have the anti-vaxxer versus the vax thing. This is all really fascinating how it's playing out, just watching it kind of more or less from the sidelines. But uh, there is, a, I want to put a link here in the chat. I do know someone who spoke out against the masks last year before it was... Um, all that trendy and the small town he was in they actually swatted his house over it um, interesting thing though just to see this stuff go down but the, the main thing that really kind of surprised me this year wasn't really how eager various governments are to you know seize power but it was the snitching you know the people telling on each other um, just calling the authorities I'm like wow when did that happen and when it first started they had to introduce the 311 that number again for people to call because they didn't want to flood 9-11 with people reporting their neighbors for coughing. Yeah. The, uh, but did you say you knew the person who got snitched on or? Yes. Yes. Actually, I know someone who was um, basically speaking out against masks wow. and then later, I mean, they also the other night actually had a caller from Canada who also kind of butted heads with authorities over these things, but they like to make their examples, that's for sure. Wow, you know, yeah, you know, I was worried about the snitching thing, too. Uh, I went to a few parties, and I was trying to promote them, and I was worried about that, but uh, recently I was having an idea, like, you know, I, I've only seen this in the media, and, you know, if I was in power and I wanted people not to do shit, I would try and make them think that, uh, you know, everyone's snitching, but you're saying that these people really were ratted on that's that's uh yeah that's uh very disgusting but um well one in particular the oh man the, the canadian yoga instructor was live but the thing is he was live streaming which you can you know he was live streaming a party you can judge that as you know ill-advised given the conditions where he was at but it was the local news media who were actually watching so it's like yeah definitely some targeted individuals out there but um, you know, I kind of got past the whole uh, vaxophobia thing. I broke it down last year in my own mind. I'm thinking uh, the most likely thing here is that it's about money and power. And if you look at the function of it, it's so perfectly divisive politically that I don't think there's anything in it other than a schism. I think it's a, a mind war weapon, and it's very effective. But I don't have any fear about the future depopulation or anything like that. What about you? Do you still hold out the notion that, like the anti-vaxxers do, that there's going to be some kind of a culling? 
no, I don't, I don't think it, it definitely wouldn't be something immediate because it'd just be so obvious. But um, honestly, this vaccine, I'm not sure if they would even try and fuck with us on the first one. I feel like this one is the really the point of it is to uh, get past the point of the, of it being questionable that the government wants to get something in your body. I think like they could they could put nothing in us this time, but now it's like now it's set in history. It's like oh we already did this. Now when we want to do this again, it's just like everyone's gonna be like, come on, dude, we we already did this. Like just take the fucking jab. We we're already doing this now. It's like we this is our reality now. The government just does this every few years. But um, it, it, you're definitely right about the money thing. There could be absolutely nothing wrong with the vaccine, and there's a lot of money to be made because. Unlike prescription drugs, vaccines are mandated in most cases, depending on your school, the military, whatever. And so when something's mandated, you know, it's like insurance, like you can make a lot of money, you know. So, um, but I, 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 do you watch Dell Bigtree with, uh, on the high wire? Do you watch that? I do. And, and one thing is this. Um... The, the distinction between, and I like a lot of the work he does. I, I remember when this this thing first started, he was one of the first ones to question the official narrative, but I feel like a lot of these bigger channels don't go far enough because they don't say there's no such thing as a virus. And un unless you're willing to go that far, I think you're always going to be in the control dialectic that they set up on the world stage. Like to me, I don't even think that there is such a thing. I think that they had to find a way to reinvent sin to control people globally, um, but atheists don't believe in sin, and all the different religions have different concepts of what constitutes sin, because this is all a tool to regulate behavior. So I think they took that construct and they attached it to science with the virus and they reintroduced it. So I think it's a salvation issue, and there it's, it's really about the saved and the unsaved, and it's all basically a ruse, just like the uh, religious counterpart. So. I don't even believe in the virus. I think it's a, a prop, a hobgoblin. It's a, a devil, a, a devil the atheist will accept. Just like the atheist doesn't believe in a wrathful God that will flood the world, but they certainly believe in global warming. Mm -hmm. You're saying you don't believe in any viruses or you don't believe in the COVID virus? I don't believe in... I mean, sorry. Okay, I don't believe in the pandemic model. Like, so whatever they're saying is the virus, whatever. Um, I don't think it matches their models. I think that the level of pre-planning pretty much proves at a minimum that um, this is not a real thing, this event itself. But I don't even believe in the pandemic model. I think it's as flawed as the global warming model. Like, in other words, I don't Greetings. think... Hey, hey, what's up, caller? Um, sorry, the last call... Um, I think I have two callers on the line. Let me go ahead and uh, politely disconnect from the what? previous caller. Oh, you can keep them on if you want. I just wanted to pop in quick, Tim. Okay, yeah, by all means. Yeah, uh, so you're exactly right about a virus. These, these are the uh, destroyed fragments of your immune system attacking things. So, like, I would, I would use it as a, uh, like a simile or a metaphor. Imagine you go to a house that was burnt down by a fire and you say look at what all the ashes did to this house 
the, the virus is like the ashes of a fire. So when your body goes through a seasonal change or, you know, it, it fights something in general, who knows what it is, like what we call a cold. When, you, when your T-cells destroy everything, those T-cells are like, you know, like cannon fodder. And your body has to get rid of them. And that's what we detect. And, and they're, they're trying to pin that as a virus. But no one has ever got a slide sample with an electron microscope and seen an actual living thing called a virus. See, that makes a lot more sense to me. That sounds objective. It sounds like, whereas we're supposed to believe that there's this uh, possibility that some undercooked bowl of bat soup is going to get person A sick, who gets B sick, and then it's like dominoes across the whole world, and one person is a threat to the whole world. I don't believe that. That's the right. main stretch. Right. We don't even know. It could be bat soup. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be the one who says absolutely not, because I don't know all the facts. But what I do know is that every year, a certain percentage of the people get sick when the climate changes. You know, one of the biggest recorded sicknesses in the world was the, the Spanish, quote-unquote, Spanish flu. What else happened at the time of the Spanish flu? Um, Think back in history. Uh, why don't you... Uh, you know, not only World War One. what happened? We had the introduction of radio to people across the planet. It wasn't just like Marconi with his little rig set up. It was... People created these radio transmitters and started plopping them down within 600 miles of everywhere. You know, when radio first came out, you had a couple of stations in New York City. Then you had a couple of stations in Buffalo. Then you had a couple of stations in, like, let's say, Poughkeepsie. And then a couple of stations in New Jersey and, you know, Florida. But, but basically what would happen is, is if you, like, you lived in Ohio, you would either tune into a New York station, which would barely come in, or you would tune into like a Canadian station, which would barely come in. Because you, you, let's just say, well, Cincinnati might have had one station. So you could listen to your local station and on the other end of your dial, you could tune into something from three, 400 miles away because there was no uh, radio wave pollution. The only waves that were coming out were the actual AM radio waves. And when they started loading these stations all up against uh, the country, human bodies reacted to that. And then you built up an immunity and you got used to it. You know, it's like you think about like even like uh, when you work in like auto body, for example, the first time you paint a car or you, you smell lack of thinner or anything, you get high, you feel weird, you feel sick. But you talk to people who have been doing auto body work for 20 years, it doesn't bother them because their body adjusted. It's the same thing with electromagnetic interference. So, so I believe like people say, oh, it's the 5G causing it. You know, I don't know if they're entirely wrong and I don't know if they're right. But the fact of the matter is we added a new wavelengths of electronic pollution around us and then your body reacts to it and then you know what you're swimming in it for the next hundred years and you'll have children and everything and they won't even notice it you know when when wi-fi was first introduced into classrooms kids were getting headaches they were seeing a spike in add and stuff like that 
it's very possible. We are actually walking antennas ourselves. And we pick up every, we pick up temperature, we pick up radio waves, we pick up chemical smells, fertilizers. You know what I mean? Uh, if you live in farm country, and and it it uh, you live by cow farms, your whole town smells like cow poops. But you know what? The people who live there don't smell the cow poop. Right. You know, excellent points here. And I've been very dismissive of the 5G things. It's just seemed like such an easy setup to censor people. But, you know, for all we know, um, it make well, whatever it is, anything that you're suggesting makes more sense than the official story. And one of the reasons I can't accept the official story is that it was predicted. You know, this exercise uh, 201, uh, every bit of predictive programming showed that, no, this was all just a media event. The media carried the mind virus and that's all there ever was for this but i definitely appreciate your explanations for what you think would explain and i feel like this call it was dead on because it's like a litmus test so this, this vaccine it could be harmless it could make some people sick you know some people may get sick if you inject them with saline who knows what happens you know i'm not saying that this vaccine is harmless but i'm also not saying that it's the you know the uh genocidal injection across the country but what it does do is it clearly shows you the mindset of the people who are blindly trusting of the government and the media 100%. Like, I, I want to cut the line and roll up my sleeve and get an injection. And who are the people like, I don't give a F what you say. I'm never getting this injection. And you get to sort, in the government's eyes, you get to sort the wheat and the chaff. The wheat would be, you know, who will be on their side and the chaff would be who's going to put up a resistance, you know? That that's you know, like what he was what we were talking about before you on your show about the Garden of Eden. He was saying the Elohim and then Yahweh and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's like a test. It's like all these things through history, thousands of years, the story keeps on repeating on the test. So God told you, do not eat of this tree. The snake comes by is like, hey, you want to be like a god and live forever? Have a bite. You know what I mean? It, it's the way we've been set up. Everything we do, even children at an early age, you know, you don't realize like schooling today, it doesn't seem to be about making people smart. It seems to be about who will blindly repeat names, dates, and facts, and who is a free thinker. And what they do is when you're a free thinker, they're going to say, you know what, you're not really cutting the bar on passing tests, and maybe you got to go to special ed, or maybe you need some ADD medication, or this or that. And, and that's the way I, I tend to see it. I could be wrong, but uh, that's the way I see it. I see it's like a, a filtering process. You know what I mean? We're going uh, through coffee filter. Yeah, that was definitely my experience. And I do think that we are seeing people being separated into the saved, the unsaved, the salvageable, and the unsalvageable, the reprobates. It does seem like a world and that religion. Is why, that is why a show like yours is so important to be on and a mentality that we share is so important. If we could just respect each other for not having to be carbon copies of each other and what is in my brain, what is in your brain, and what is in our listeners' brain, and even the government's brain, as long as you're allowed to respectfully keep that in your brain and don't force that upon other people, we'll be doing great.
But this whole, you know, we got to be cookie cuttered into the same identical cloned being and, and, and mindset, that's terrifying. Oh, yeah, it's not even human. And I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing human beings being converted into insects for the new age. Uh, the spacesuit to me looks like an insect. And, and this lead up <laughs> to it with the masks and the social distancing, the PPE, that's like you know, they're conditioning us. We're now aliens in our own environment. We need to be protected from it. And we look like a bunch of bugs. Yeah, I want to give you a really quick story, like under a minute. So my wife's uh, a dad died. And we went out to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and cleaning up the apartment and everything. And there was a, a lady that lived downstairs from him we didn't get along with. So anyway, long story short, they used to feud. He called her a fat bee and all this. Uh, you know, she called him whatever. So anyway, he's dead now. It's like, hey, lady, you won. So I'm cleaning out this apartment, and I don't have a mask on because I'm not going to sweat and carry bags of garbage out of this apartment and faint. You know what I mean? So she's like 14 feet away from me. And she's like, oh, how's John doing? And I'm like, he died. And like, oh. So I like had no mask on. And I took like a quarter of a step forward because I was just balancing because I was tired. So like my foot came out in front of me to, to, to off kilter myself and bring myself back. She took a quarter of a step back. She was like dozy doing with me to maintain the like 16 feet distance from me. And then I caught it on like the second sentence. So I took a step forward and she took a whole step back. And I was like, anyway, have a nice day. And I turned around and I went back up the stairs. But it hit me like, wow, this lady is fully in the matrix, man. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. She drinks the Kool-Aid. She drank it uh, overdosed. I mean, that's bad. That, they're, they're literally hypochondriacs or something. That, that's how else would you describe it? Hyper precog contracts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I kind of think this is all, again, conditioning everybody for the, the space age. And I think that part of this space age thing is the new uniform where uh, everything is through a screen, through a visor. Uh, you never physically touch anything, getting rid of property. Uh, it's all conditioning. And uh, yeah, we can see who's going along with it. And that's why I keep this. I'm going to guess you're about my same age, right? Do you remember they used to have these rides in the mall where it was like three rows of seats, looked like a spaceship. It had a projection TV in front and hydraulic shocks on it that used to move it. And it would be like, we're taking off now. And you'd see the stars and everything. And the thing would shake. Or they would have other ones where it was like a video of a roller coaster and the hydraulic shocks would move you back and forward and it would link up with your brain where you really felt for a split second like you were on a spaceship or you were on a roller coaster. Oh, yes. You remember these things? Simulations like um, Star Tours at Disneyland, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, just think about this. You put people, like you say, in a tube. You tell them that, like, now they're doing that with airplanes. They're saying, no more windows on the airplanes. We're going to put TV screens with cameras that let you look out and look at a screen, right? Now, just imagine 10 years down the road, they're like, oh, no, no, planes don't have windows anymore, and you get used to flying like that. Now they're like, we're going to Mars, like you say. And they uh, put you on this rocket with all TV screens, shake you around with the hydraulics, change the temperature, make you feel like you're really flying, but you're really going into an underground prison. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I know. It sounds it, – it, it's diabolical, but it's like that's what I've concluded that they're actually doing. Um, and, and the thing is people will pay – We can't let you out of the rocket. 
on Mars and let you walk to the sealed base. That's dangerous. So we're going to, you know, when the rocket lands and the door opens, you're going to be already safe inside. Didn't you see it on the screen when we pulled into the dome city? You know what I mean? That's it. That's all you have to do. And then it'll be one or two generations underground while they terraform the Earth. Then you can go up and enjoy the Earth. So it, it's going to give them plenty of time, I think. You know, you have a completely captive audience, maybe even... I mean, this, it's like that movie, uh, Total Recall, where you can see the Martian sky and, and what do they have, red glass or something on the dome? So easy. So, right. So easy. To Carl Hagen, give the people back to air. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and the, now that's fascinating. I'm glad you brought that up because Arnold Schwarzenegger, along with Skull and Bonesman John Kerry, are part of this World War Zero initiative where they want to cut the carbon in half by 2030. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's all about cutting the air, you know, cutting, the, cutting our carbon footprint. But the fact that that movie was all about the air and conserving the air, I'm like, man, the elite don't like us breathing. And that's one of the reasons for the masks. The most expensive thing to do would be exercise in the future. Also, I want you, <laughs> I want you to think about this. A little bit of Einstein. Now, I don't know if he's right or wrong, but matter cannot be made or destroyed. It can only be converted. So... When they talk about carbon, carbon cannot be made or destroyed. It can only be converted. And the number one way to convert carbon would be to plant trees. Because if you take a tree and you plant it, when that tree grows to 100 feet tall and weighs 900, 2,000 pounds, whatever it is, if it's a hardwood or whatever, 30% uh, of that is water. You know, 20% of that is cellulose fiber or something, but the majority of the atoms in that tree are carbon. And until that tree falls down and either naturally decays or you burn it for firewood, that carbon is locked into that tree. Right. So when we were young, they used to have Arbor Day, you know, uh, plant a tree on June 14th or whatever it was. They never talk about that anymore. Or, or you'll, buy, you'll buy toilet paper and they'll be like, if you buy this brand of green toilet paper, we will plant seven trees because you bought this toilet paper for $3 more. We got 9 billion people on earth they're trying to say now. All right, how about this? Every person every year should get a pine cone, a seed, or something like that, grow three seedlings and plant them. And every year we agree to do that. Every person on earth will plant three trees and that should take care of everything. There's no carbon tax. There's no eliminating fossil fuels. There's no anything. Another ridiculous thing. They had a story the other day about a woolly rhino was found in Siberia permafrost. Nearly perfect. And I read the comments and people are like, what a disgusting way this planet is that the permafrost is, is melting away and, and then we get these discoveries. But listen, 20,000 years ago, that thing was walking in a tropical climate, eating vegetation in Siberia, and then something came by and quick froze it. And what I'm saying is, what John Kerry and Arnold and everybody is trying to do is we are trying to preserve the end effects of an extinction event. 
Yes. Yeah, that would be one way of looking at it. Um, what What is your take on Bill Gates blotting out the sun? I mean, uh, they're doing that because the earth is heating up. I mean, doesn't that seem like... Well, here's what I know. There is an executive order made in around 1996. And what they said is it is absolutely illegal for the United States government to perform medical tests or scientific tests on the population without permission. And then if you read the law later on, and I, I, I will email this to you uh, when I find it, but later on in the law, they say exceptions. And what the exception state is for any purpose of medical or scientific testing allows you to make an exception. So me and my wife are together since 1996. And I remember hanging out with her looking at the sky by Manhattan and this plane goes by and it's drawing a line. And I said, that's so weird that like a sky rider would just draw a straight line. And then another one, and, and the more and more time went by, I'm seeing tic-tac-toes and stuff in the sky by like 2000, right? But before that time, I've never seen that. So I don't know what they've been adding to the jet fuel. I know that they've, they've set themselves up to be able to do it legally with the exceptions clause in this law that was passed in 1996, that the military is not, not allowed to experiment on the population without permission. And then in the exceptions clause, it says for scientific research, for medical research. Oh, the third one was riot control. Interesting. Right. So if you, uh, okay. So, um, so if you think of black lives matters things, right? Now this is technically a riot. So now they could go out and try hypersonic weapons on people that give you headaches and stuff. And technically you're not allowed to do it because of the Nuremberg Code and other things like that and that law that they passed in 1996. But you know what? There's a riot going on, so we're allowed to do it. Right, a national emergency. And, and that's one of the patterns here. They, they create these contrived There's situations. There's another top secret. top secret thing I'm sharing with you for the last time. If you ever want to look at these riots and, and demonstrations that they have, especially when they walk in Manhattan or other big cities, right? When the police are their escorts and allow them to walk, like, let's say in Manhattan, they'll go from like uh, 42nd Street to like uh, uh, 13th, uh, 13th Street and like Canal Street, and then they'll, they'll turn off. The, the cops have like a parade route for the people. There's a certain point on this parade route where you'll notice two giant box trucks parked on the sidewalk, one on the left side of the sidewalk and one on the right side of the sidewalk. They look like regular unmarked moving trucks. These trucks contain what's called T-gate technology. That's a basically a radar system that allows you to X-ray everybody who walks between the two trucks. And they actually scan everybody for weapons. Who has a gun on them? Who has a bat on them? Who has what? They know it all when you, when you pass the two trucks. And nobody's supposed to know that. But I, I want to say this to your audience, because when these, this Derek Chauvin trial is ended, and they will let him go. 
uh, the riots will start because they need the riots. But I want you to see when they have different cities, I want you to pay attention to where these controlled police-escorted riots lead them down a, a very long block, and there's these two trucks they walk in between. Just notice it. And with that, I'm going to toot my hat to you and say goodnight, uh, Tim. Thanks a lot, brother. Yeah, thanks a lot for the call. Appreciate it, as always. Excellent, excellent. Uh, many, many points raised here. Uh, controlled police escorted riots. That's exactly how I would describe these riots, the ones that are upcoming as well. By the way, they changed 846 to 929. They added 43 seconds. So 929, still a 911 in there. And by the way, the George Floyd Act was passed on 3-3. And 3-3 is also the anniversary of the Rodney King beating, who was beat for 119. One minute, 19 seconds, hit on the head 33 times. Of course, his name, Rodney King, King Crown, 33. Same patterns all across the board. And the... One minute, 19 seconds, a reference to 9-11 before it happened. Just like George Floyd, Derek Chauvin, this event had many correlations, connections to 9-11. All this stuff is engineered. BLM chanting, all cops are bastards, 1-3-1-2, uh, reference to the Templars. So if you ask me, uh, hands up, don't shoot is also very Masonic. The kneeling Templar. So it's all controlled opposition on both sides. That's why I don't advocate activism. I advocate... If anything, inactivism. You know, we're remaining off the world stage to observe what's happening. So a commenter here says that the next pandemic is a cyber attack that will wipe out all the cryptocurrency. He goes on to say that it's going to be called Polygon, that it's the next event 201. So I have a couple things to say about that. So the event 201, which was the war game that became uh, coronavirus and the pandemic, uh, we're now going to have something similar, and it's going to be cyber-based. And I think that's accurate. And the reason why is this. As I say, everything that we're looking at in the news it has some kind of predicate in the mass media, predictive programming. Well, here's a couple of stories that really stood out to me last year. Well, actually, in December of 2019, that I think might be foreshadowing what's to come. So before the callers, I was talking about Pearl Harbor being called Operation AI. And I was referencing this music video. Let's start World War III, you know, Seattle. The video came out on 3-11. Well, here, uh, in December 2019, at the Pearl Harbor Naval Shipyard, there was a shooting. And again, this was in December 2019, and this basically was... Uh, big news that day because of the date, you know, December 4th. And so it was like, okay, this is all a bit of a deja vu. And I just thought, okay, some theater. But then the other side of it, then you had a few days later, Pensacola Beach, Florida. You had a, an attack at a military base. And this time it was just like 9-11. It was an inside the base attack and they were flight school students and they were connected to ISIS or something. So you had this these two attacks, Pearl Harbor revisited, 9-11 on a military base revisited. And after the Pensacola attack, and this is what I'm getting to, there was a cyber attack that shut down the 311 customer service and this 311 emergency, I'm sorry, information lines. So I took note of this then, 
we had this back-to-back -back reference to Pearl Harbor and 9-11, and then you had a cyber attack, and again, with the 311 being connected, uh, all of this is very significant to me if World War III is going to kick off with a cyber attack. And I think, and I've made this correlation before, space war and cyberspace war go hand in hand. If the, if the space station, uh, which is a symbol of international solidarity, if that goes down, so does the internet. That is the Tower of Babylon, uniting man in a mission from Earth to the heavens, one language, one objective, and then it gets taken down. It's kind of the metaphor they're using here. I think that they're actually using biblical meta scripts. By the way, someone points out that World War One ended at 11, 11, on the 11th. Doesn't surprise me. Uh, look, th their symbolism is everywhere. We predicted it on 322. We're like, oh, it's Skull and Bonesman Day. Uh, again, Skull and Bones, if you want to get into to the symbolism of it, you really have to look at the correlation between the skull and crossbones and the Masonic pillars. Very, very interesting because it connects to everything. You know, really quick here, in fact, uh, the twin pillars, twin towers, uh, this all ties into the significance of the planes hitting the towers as it relates to the kneeling both of Derek Chauvin on George Floyd and the kneeling of BLM, you know, kicked off by Kaepernick. So much ritual theater going on around us. And it's undeniable. But anyway, we predicted on 322 that there would be some major event. And yes, Boulder, Colorado, King Supers. And listen, I mentioned a minute ago, Rodney King hit in the head 33 times. This stuff is all significant. King Supers store number 33. We had that shooting and there were 33 employees who were part of the union that day. So they let the shooter ha the shooting happen, all staged, obviously fake. They bring him out looking like a Masonic candidate with one pant leg up, his leg painted red, shirtless between two cops. He's being led out at 3.30. I mean, so it's so redundant. Ron Shekelson says, is this live? No, that's just a coincidence. It's actually pretty startling considering the timing of your comment and the fact that you're hearing me answering someone else who asked the same thing on the recording that you're hearing. No, I'm just kidding. It's live. Hey, look, this is a reference to what I said about North Korea, the day of the sun. So they celebrate Easter for three days. And listen to this. The day of the sun is an annual public holiday in North Korea on April 15th, the birth anniversary of Kim Il-sung. Now, the eternal president of North Korea. So he's still the president ruling from above. It says here, again, that during this three-day period, the leader is essentially celebrated. But listen to this. Um, it's the most important national holiday and it's considered the North Korean equivalent of Christmas. Kim's birthday, which has been an official holiday since 1968, was renamed Day of the Sun three years after his death. The name takes, takes the significance from his name, which is Korean for become the sun. Uh, there's quite a lot about this, about the fact that 
or the uh, significance of Easter correlating to this solar festival that takes place over three days. And what's more, you, oft, you often find, if you look into the symbolism around North Korea, you do find many obelisks, which is like uh, one of the main symbols of the solar cult. But I would also suggest that beyond their obsession with obelisks, uh, that the rockets you're constantly seeing being paraded around North Korea, which are fake, as NASA rockets are, uh, these are not ICBMs that will eventually at some point destroy us. No, we're actually looking at just obelisks, more sun worship. You know, in fact, something that's kind of funny I, I'll, I note here is that the news media is always happy to call out how fake his rockets are, how uh, it's fake footage, fake launch, doesn't really have it. And if you look at the stuff, it's just as fake as everything we see from Blue Origin or SpaceX or NASA. But they would never call that fake. Ron says it sounds like Jesuit sun worshippers. Yeah, I would say 100%. I would say it's an astro-theological cult. Uh, they call it a cult of personality, but, you know, it's, a, it's an imperial cult. Uh, there's, for example, the way they celebrate Christmas. I think it's celebrating uh, the leader's mother, her death date, mother of the revolution, on Christmas. And I think his great this this leader that they named it after, when he was born in a manger, a new star appeared in the sky. I mean, they really did just kind of reinvent this whole religion, I think, in this other context. But the, the timing of everything gives it away. Ron Shekelson says the only buildings to survive Hiroshima were Jesuit-owned. Well, interesting point there. Um, I don't believe in nukes or any of that stuff, but I want to point out that the anniversary... The 75th anniversary of the Hiroshima blast was attended by explosions uh, all over the world. Uh, there's this one here in Beirut on the 75th anniversary of Nagasaki and Hiroshima. I believe we had two full weeks of inexplicable explosions all over the place. and so To me, it's all just theater. I'm not sure what it all means, but uh, this week in pictures, Beirut blast Hiroshima, 75th anniversary. Does anyone still believe in nukes? And whatever happened to the anti-nuke activists? They all became anti-5G or they moved on? Climate change? Commenter says they use directed energy weapons. Uh, could be. Could, e could even just be movie magic. You know, I tend to go with the simplest solution on all of these things. I don't want to overstate or, or exaggerate their capabilities. Like, I don't believe there are any buttons you can press that will blow up the world as much as they would like us to think so. Okay, whatever you think about Alex Jones, you've got to see this. Uh, the This is from jamesfetzer.org. Uh, there are celebrations online about the way that he's basically being reamed by the courts over this Sandy Hook thing. And his new explanation is pretty interesting. He claims now that his discussions about Sandy Hook were really just wargaming various theories. Interesting case, though. Uh, Jones was penalized in 2019 for refusing to hand over documents as requested by opposing attorneys. 
I'm, I'm not sure how you all feel about this whole case, but I happen to think that it's a uh, Infinite Plane Radio. Hey, how's it going? Just going over this thing here, uh, the, the Supreme Court refuses to hear Alex Jones's appeal in the Sandy Hook case. What do you think? You think that Alex Jones is uh, playing a role in this thing, or you think he's actually being persecuted? Oh, he seems to be in the past everywhere, don't you think? Especially with the January 6th stuff. He's such an influencer, but nobody's going after him, and he's got this big story that, you know... They they wanted to look into him and, and all that. It's just he looks like a puppet. Right. Yeah. Agree. Totally. Playing yeah. along. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Exactly. It's like he's Mister Untouchable in the Trace community, even though he's a could be an instigator in the event because of how he was encouraging people to, you know, come there and all that and promoting it also. He, he did even threaten Biden, and I, I'm surprised they didn't go after him for that. Yeah, so I'm like, exactly. And they're attacking everybody else for the for like next, next to nothing, right? So. <laughs> yeah, if I said what I he know. said, I would, I would have men in black at my door tonight. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, everything, it's all so contrived and fake. Right but, on. Uh, about those uh, Mason fires in Vancouver, I found that quite funny, hey? Oh, you mean Benjamin, Orion, Carlson, Coleman, yeah. burning three lodges on... Oh, how does that name add, all, add up like that? Like, wow. Well, I talked to a friend of his who thinks that the guy snapped because of COVID, which I just don't find that very plausible. I don't believe that people just snap and become arsonists overnight. Yeah, and, and what did it accomplish, right? You're going to burn down buildings, so it's a free insurance claim for to a society that has money beyond you know comprehension. So what does it even matter to them? And all it was was a, a good hit piece on anyone who you know doesn't follow the mainstream. So. Right, and they <laughs> they specifically said that the, he was a flat earther arsonist who was obsessed with pointing out the 33s in the news. And I'm like, man, I almost yeah, feel like... and they lumped him into a lot of other communities, too, because they went into, like, the nanobots and the New World Order and all this. And, like, they just lumped it all into one big category to take out everyone in the, as a hit piece, right? Exactly. Exactly. But, exactly. but he's not... He, but he, he has a point, though. Vancouver is, is steeped with, with events and symbology going right back to 1942. I mean, there's two lions that sat outside of the Vancouver courthouse that were blown up one night by... Um, of, of what was said to be a, a short man in a velvet hat, and the first thing that came to mind was, "Oh, was that a Shriner doing a, a hit piece?" Of, you know, before they had the crisis actors going back in the forties, they used to do it themselves, right? Like, and yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. I I think this is the stock and trade. I think it's all ritual theater. And this individual, Mr. Coleman. I mean, Coleman's the name of a lantern. Uh, the fires, by the yeah. way, were spectacular. Uh, one of the plumes was just such a perfect mushroom cloud. I, I think it's theater, and again, the timing of it. It's done on 3.30. Was that a joke? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, <clears throat> I could point you to another fire that happened. If you want to go do a quick search on it, go to New Westminster. That's just, uh, just outside of Vancouver. And it was back on September 15th. <laughs> 2020, and it was on a three-acre site in U.S. Minster, and uh, the pier was um, 
the park was rebuilt for $33 million on a three-acre lot. And if you go and you look at the um, the monument that they had built there, it's this W, but the pier around it had caught fire. So they soaked the ground, you know, from trying to put the fires out. And basically the reflection that this W makes is basically the 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 compass and the square you know like the freemason symbol it's it's quite quite impressive well look this is the funny thing about it is that uh agent or not you know deranged or whatever benjamin coleman had a point and he was accurate yeah it's all it's all throughout vancouver and it's been all the way back to the 40s right like it's always the 42 1942 is when the, the lions were blown up like there's your 42 in vancouver right oh he was 42 eight years of age by the way when he did he's 42 right now uh jacob Cole, i mean uh, benjamin coleman and uh by the way t- yeah. uh, today uh the saint vincent volcano blew up and the last time it blew up was if you care to guess how many years ago if you had to guess. Oh, 33? <laughs> Close enough. 42. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah it's, it's always got to be one of those numbers. They have like the grouping that never goes away. I think I've cracked the code here, actually. Uh, I believe 42 is Saturn. That's the main thing. And you can even create the glyph of Saturn, the astrological symbol, by taking the number 4 and putting the 2 on the bottom of it. And the 4 is the cross. That's what it represents. And uh, th- yeah. 33 is the sun and between Saturn and the sun you have the two poles you know like the the most distant uh, and then of course the closest and then as far as the myths go yeah, it's very consistent in how they use this symbolism and I'm constantly seeing the number 42 to be um, associated with with um, with darkness and with uh, things falling you know, very interesting how these correlations go. So when I saw that this was the 42nd anniversary of that volcano, I thought, okay, it's probably going to, I don't know, blot out the sky over there or something. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then they, you know, they, they tie in that kind of symbology. Yeah. So, um, well, I'm going to let you go. Yeah, okay. Hey, thanks for the call. I'm, I'm going to go through a few other things here. Um, preach the call. Call back anytime, and I'll look up that fire that you pointed out because uh, you know, these things are all worth examining in context. Because Yeah, that's the CBC. They, they did the hit piece on it, and it's like they throw it right out in your face. It's all three, three, threes, and, it's, you know, the fire happened on September 13th. It's like the stuff has been going on in Vancouver. So he, whatever he says, it's like they're trying to run the hit piece on it because there's so many correlations in BC. It's crazy. God, that makes me it's think no about... Yeah, it makes me think about blackouts, too. Um, there was a, the famous blackouts in New York City happened on 42nd Street on... Uh, they were 42 years apart. Happened on July 13th. And this last time they even said it put 42,000 people in the dark. So this coded language around these contrived emergencies and, and uh, staged events, it's, it goes back way, way back. I mean, it's probably... Uh, yeah as old as government anyway thanks for the call yeah no worries man have a good night okay let me see what else we had here on the list of things to discuss satellites colliding don't believe it however um the masses will so they're conditioning everybody alex jones probably just an agent playing along with something also i want to point this out 
uh, Joe Rogan had 42 podcasts deleted. And the significance of it, of the 42 here, look, Spotify deletes 42 Joe Rogan episodes. Uh, uh, 42, as I said, is being correlated with a uh, fall, with falling. And I, I happen to think this might be iconoclasm where you you create this character you build him up and you sacrifice him on the altar of political correctness where even the biggest podcaster with the biggest contract can't speak his mind because the mob is more powerful i think we might be looking at something of a, a a sacrifice here when it comes to joe rogan again the number 42 and i can go through the mind map if you're interested in what i'm talking about when i reference these mind maps go to TheMetascript.com, and I have a list of a growing list of these breakdowns of mass media events that show you these correlations and how we arrive at these interpretations. And again, Joe Rogan getting the 42 doesn't bode well for his future. Uh, I can go through some examples here about how that's been used. I have to add to it though the one about the volcano. But really, it has to do with the death of a of, of um, it involves the death of a sun king. What we're looking at here, Osiris being chopped into forty-two pieces, but consistently being associated with this falling, the death. And of course, uh, you know, Elvis died at forty-two. The man who fell to earth. Here's one. Here's a really uh, one. Prince. You know, Prince. The he died at forty uh, fifty-seven. But his death was reenacted by an acrobat who actually fell a hundred feet to his death at the Mad Cool Festival in 2017. The guy was 42. Isaac Cappy, high-profile death, falls 42. Very consistent themes. Um, and by the way, 42 years ago, Skylab fell. Very interesting, considering that this is the year that. Um, I'm suggesting that the space station's probably going to be terminated. And Tom Cruise is going to go up to the space station very soon, and he's going to film the first movie in space. That's how they're describing it. And he has completed 42 films, by the way. There's a, a story that's being told that's unfolding as we're watching, and I think it's going to be uh, completed sometime in the next couple of months. I'm suggesting that the sky is probably going to fall. And this Operation AI, just if you just got here or if you weren't here at the very beginning, it turns out that the Pearl Harbor event, the, the Japanese carrier-borne air attack on the U.S. Pacific Fleet at Pearl Harbor, was actually called Operation AI. Again, AI-19, think COVID-19, 19 hijackers. Very interesting that a 9-11-style event that predated 9-11 would have that all over it. Um, if you've been following the drama with Pizza Gates, Matt Pizza Gates, it uh, turns out it's probably more engineered drama. Uh, the, also at the very beginning, I brought up that about an hour and a half ago, Elon Musk tweeted this, which is a meme that has Bill Gates looking at a scroll of the rollout from fear, censorship, shut down social distancing vaccine to mark of the beast triple six zune relaunch now he has a if you watch his twitter feed it's pretty eccentric but i'm just pointing this out that if you just look at 
you know, very, uh, just take it very literally. Just like, what is he actually sharing? Well, he is sharing a meme that shows Bill Gates as essentially the devil about to complete his plan. And his very next tweet is, this is actually happening. Now, that tweet is not available anymore. Don't know why, but yes, apparently this tweet has been deleted. Going through some comments. Are people with insurance covered by instances of space junk damage? Right. We'll just wait until the same experts that tell you to get the double swab, the double mask, and the vax are telling you to wear helmets. Like, we're going to laugh at it. Like, But the people who are fully into this program now will look at you like you're crazy and foolish and reckless. Like, what are you, a daredevil? Leaving your house without a space junk helmet on? You are listening to Infinite Plane Radio. Stick around for live call-in shows. Stay for the music and recent replays. Join us at infiniteplane.live for 24-7 live chat with other listeners.